this as God's promise for you this morning. Young people, old people alike, you all sing of the goodness of God. Are you good? Yeah? You don't have to sit down if you don't want to. You can if you want. You young people, I'd love to have you here all morning, you know. Thank you, team. Thank you, yeah, team. Yeah. Well, you haven't got the big guns today. You've got the little guns. Uh, you know, I just want to honour Jack and Sari. They're our founding pastors. I, I sort of look at them like the grandparents of Peak Vision Church, you know. They're our grandparents. Thank you, team. You guys were awesome. And they went so quick. Yeah, and uh, I want to honour Kent and Pani, who are like our mama and our daddy right now, you know, for Peak. You can look at me like I'm one of the uncles. You know, I'm one of the uncles here at Peak Vision. My name's Jay, and I'm, you know, I'm doing a Kent because not all of you know my name. Um, I've been married in a month's time to the beautiful and amazing Christy over here for 30 years in a month's time. It's our 30th wedding anniversary. And um, Christy, you are beautiful in every sense of the word. Every sense. I love you. I've got four beautiful daughters. My oldest is 30. Next is, uh, my, uh, my wife will correct me, 26. Nearly 18 in another month. And a 12-year-old, nearly 13. So, um, been here in... Yeah, yeah, she, well, sort of. She was... Yeah, one came in the womb, and Gemma was born and bred here at Peak Vision Church, you know. Yeah, I won't go too far about that. Anyway, um... Just rep to be here. Um, we've been here at Peak Vision. It's our it's wedding anniversary. It's actually our anniversary next week. So Easter weekend, 14 years. Uh, we've been here as part of the, the crew. And uh, we've loved every day of it. Has it been a challenge? Oh, heck yes. <laughs> Have I left? Yeah, a couple of times. Half an hour. Then I come back. Oh, sorry, Jack. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, you know... Have I agreed with everything? Oh, no, not really. We're still here. And uh, hence the title of my message, Stand Firm. And uh, uh, I think I was just uh, thinking when we first went to peak, I might have shared this the last time I spoke. Um, walked in. It was, uh, you know, we're only coming to check it out to make sure it wasn't all these crazies because my cousin gave his heart to the Lord and we thought, well, make sure the cousin's not in the cray-cray church. And so we'll come and check it out. And I uh, walked in, and you know, there's a couple on the band, and they had a bit of DVD on, and Hillsong DVD, and Osari, you know, and I think it was Shelley, and one guitarist, and was it Kimbo's was up there too? She would have only been young as hang, wouldn't she? Little Kimbo's would have been young as then. Um, and uh, Jack preached, and you know, but oh, you know, when the worship came on, there was just such a presence of God, and uh, and I thought, man, this is awesome. You know, it was raw. You know, it's a, it's a nice way of saying it was pretty rough. No, no it, was, it was awesome. No, it was. The presence of God was there. And I was thinking, you know, and Jack preached. And as he preached, I was sitting there thinking, man, I could, uh, I could surf this fella. You know, we were part of another church. We were youth pastors. We were part of a leadership team. Been there for years. And um, long story short, after Jack preached, he was talking away. I'm spraying it, saying it. I spray it. Was this, for, was this water for me? I'll drink to that now. I shouldn't really hold a glass because it shows that I'm shaking now. Um, yeah, Jack was just sharing his story about planting the church. And, you know, there was about 12 people in the church at that stage. Dave and Susan were there. The other uncles, you know, Roger and Joe, and other uncles and aunties and a few others. And um, 
Well, as I say, yeah, so Jack was just sharing the vision and he said, you know, and when uh, God um, called them to plant this church here, God said to don't bring anyone with you. I will send people. And I really felt that moment that God said to me, as you know, I'm, I was talking to him that I'm, I'm sending you here. And I think I really wanted to share that because I think these people here this morning that needed to hear that, that um, you, sometimes you wonder what's, you know, what's my fit I really believe that uh, God is sending you here, here, and um, if you're if it's somewhere else, then it's probably there. But if you're here and you're thinking, "Wonder if I'm meant to be here," then I think that here is for you. <laughs> that this is the place that God has got for you. And uh, you know, I had that idea, and as I say, I left for 30 minutes one time, left the church. <laughs> to be, to be, the, the, the iron, iron, oh, I'm not very good at English. Irony? No, no, the irony. Irony? No, the irony. I'll just make it up. I'm made electricity. No, the irony of that was we were going to Kenton Pania's church. Mm. Scandal. <laughs> and half an hour later, I was like, you know, I made a mistake. Sorry, Jack and Sari. And then, you know, rest is history. So, you know, I, we didn't go to Kenton Pania's church. So God brought the whole church to us. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but um, Sarah's word last week, go again, you know, that was like one of those, you know, one of those words that uh, we need, you know, and, and uh, I think, you know, no matter what stage we are in our, in our walk, we need a go again moment. You know, we can get a bit lethargic, get a bit, you know, blasé, get a, just, you know, this is just how it is. And we get those go again moments, and I'm sure every single one of you, including me sitting there, I was getting overwhelmed by God's presence, and, and I really felt to ask God for a go again. What was my go again? I'm probably not going to share that, but you, I think most of you, if you were here last week, if you weren't here, then listen online. It's phenomenal, and the youth band, crazy awesome, and uh, that there's a go again in you. There is a go again in you right now, and God is calling you to go again, and to go again... You need some stand firm in you. You know, you've got to have something to stand firm in and get your go again and stand firm in him. And I've just got a couple of little notes here that I've scribbled down. Not really. I've been up since three in the morning, by the way, just doing my final little things. And I set my alarm for four o'clock and I woke up bright as day at uh, one minute to three, which... Not to get depressed, I thought, well, it's sort of four o'clock with daylight savings, so we'll just, uh, it was all good. So I've just got a couple of little thoughts here that I'm going to throw out, and I really believe that God wants to um, activate some faith this morning. And I, I believe that because I was activated in pre- preparing this, and it's been a, like a real, uh, just an amazing week, which I'll probably share a little bit as we get on. So you all good out there? You're awfully quiet. Yes, it's pretty good. You're nice and chilled out there. It's very good. Probably because I am, eh? Normally I'm like, I've only had two coffees. Um, so I actually got this little flash. Because I normally have a mic, which was really weird singing without a mic. And then I realised I'm going to be a, the cameraman's nightmare because I can move around. <laughs> My little girl's on that camera there, is she? I can't see. Hello online. Hello Gemma on that camera there. So you are the so you're the you're representing the, mostly the online people or is every camera right now you are eh because I bet you the bet your marks like camera whatever that camera is one go now so hello online welcome 
any of my mates out there that are watching Slide Dog, I text you this morning, you didn't come. I'm not very happy. No. <laughs> Unless you're out there. No. Um, okay, let's get into this. So I got this first point, you know, you've got to be like, have points, because that's what, that's what Jack does, and Kent has these mean, mean points. I'm not going to be a Jack, because I'll make a miserable Jack. So what defines you? What defines you? And I've just put some little things here. Where do you get your identity from? What gives you the feeling of accomplishments or satisfaction? What you put your hope in? What has, oh yeah, what has happened to you that you had no control over? Has that defined you? What do you depend on or rely on? Um, I could say what defined me before surrendering my life to God's will was rejection, abandonment, a feeling of worthlessness, and always struggling to find my fit in life, uh, trying to live in a round hole when you're a square pig. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that out there. And it wasn't until I found Jesus that I realised, you know, that, hey, it's all right to be a square pig in this round hole world. And, uh, but anyway, you know, I'll put here, um, are you defined by what you do? things you do, what you've done, are you defined by what you've done, um, are you defined by what's been done to you, I've said a little bit of that before, are you defined by what others say about you, it's a real tough one for our youth today, people are always saying stuff about you and the, the horrible thing is it's online for everyone else to, to watch and you know, is that what's defining you, is what other people say about you, um, are you defined um, oh yeah, are you defined by what you think about yourself or what you say about yourself? Is that what defines you? Because sometimes we've got to change the, what we think, how we think about ourselves. And that sometimes comes with a revelation of who God calls you, who, say, who he says you are. And sometimes we've got to change our speech. You know, we call ourselves all these names. We say, you're this, you're mares, and I'm mare, you know, and you're useless, and you can't do that, and this. So, you know, is that what defines you, about what either other people say about you or what you think about yourself or say about yourself? Are you defined by your past, be that failures or accomplishments? Because sometimes our failures define us, and sometimes our accomplishments define us. And accomplishments could be something that we've done when we were young and we're chasing that, that fix like a drug addict to try and get full that fix. When Does that define you? Are you defined by what you do for a job? Does that define who you are? Uh, are you defined by the car you drive or what you drive? Uh, are you defined by where you live or what you live in? Um, are you defined by what you have or don't have in your driveway or garage or bank? And I'll put don't have because some people with the most who've got an issue with finance are generally the people that don't have finance. The people who've got finance don't actually have an issue with it. So you can have a, a problem or even like a sin with finance because you have none because you're chasing it because it's defining who you are. So does that define you, what you have or even don't have? I mean, I've had race cars, muscle cars, Harleys, business, cash. These things should not define us. These things are nice to have. It was nice to have those things, but shouldn't define who we are. Amen? You right. are like super quiet. Is this, uh, is this not good? Oh, okay. Is it 
doing that. Let's be thinking. Shall I take this out? Oh, I'll take this out. I don't mind. This is, this is a little smoker break. Is this good to go? Oh, nah, sweet. I'm not, I'm not in a jumping around thing. You guys are like really quiet this morning, eh? You guys are like real quiet. Okay. I really feel like this is a word, a word for today, you know? And because uh, just remember, I'm speaking to myself as well. You know, I'm not, I'm not like standing up here like, I've got this and I, I don't know. I'm talking, I'm looking in the mirror right now, you know, I'm talking to myself, and I just uh, say, yeah, uh, who we are, uh, does what you do for God define you, you know, what, what's, what your ministry is, does that define who you are, is that where you get your satisfaction or your, what defines who you really are, and um, one thing I've think, been thinking about that God has seen, I'll just sort of read what I've got, because then I don't miss stuff, God has seen kings and queens and rulers of kingdoms, the mighty men and women of God throughout the scriptures, giant gold statues and creations of man that are in the history books. Do you think God is impressed as we are? Like, you now we get impressed over things that are not really that important, you know, that is quite here today, gone tomorrow. And, um, you know, recently we've seen some devastation in our in our nation, you know, I ain't just saying our city because the East Coast, through our nation, Auckland, it's been slammed. And there is hopelessness. There is so much hopelessness out there and to the point where um, people are taking their own lives. And um, that flipping breaks my heart that people in our city are taking their lives when we have the absolute answer which is found in Jesus Christ. That is it. Our hope, the thing that defines us, our purpose, is everything that Jesus is. Everything that Jesus is. It's not the stuff. And the thing is, when the stuff defines you, when you lose the stuff, man, what, what we're seeing is lives being lost, lives being tragically lost. You know, I, my old workmate, Skip, I work without the prison. He'd been out there 30 years. Good man. All he knew, his whole life was the prison. Even his family said it as tangi on Thursday. You know, you are his family. Skippy worked 60 hour weeks for 30 years. You know, gave us all, you know, and uh, now he's in the ground. There were a few hundred correction officers at his uh, funeral and, you know, 20 or 30 at his burial and 10 at the after, or 15 at the after thing. And I thought, 30 years of a life given to something, for what purpose? You know, and it was very sad in a way for a man that had given 30 years of his, of his life to something. We have the answer, and I'm just going to uh, go to a few scriptures because that's probably a good thing. Um, 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We know that. We know that, don't we? That God isn't impressed. You know, I've got a, some flash of clothes on today, but does that impress God? Nah. It's just a little bit so you can take me a bit more seriously. If I was up here in a singlet and, and shorts and jandals, you may not take me very seriously, you know? I sort of you know, dress for business because I mean business with God. It's not that stolen from my, uh, what's your name? Nah. Um, you know, so anyway, uh, so, yeah, so he looks at the heart. He doesn't look at. Just remember, God's seen you name it. He's seen it. 
he's seen it. The, the wealth that is just crazy. He's seen the, the toys from Nam. Um, but he looks at the inward parents. You know, remember the, the story that this is from was when, when uh, Samuel was looking to anoint the new king. Brought out all these big, huge, muscly brothers and, you know, they got the scars from battle and all that. And it was like, no, no, there's one more. There must be another one. Oh, we've only got our little ruddy old cousin that just sings up in the hills, you know. <laughs> yeah, Kumbaya, he's up in the hills. Little did they realise he's killed a bear with his, killed a bear with his bare hands. <laughs> you could tell if you've got a plan. <laughs> Good lion, you know, he's done the business for God, but, you know, but he didn't look like he could do the business. But God saw his heart. That's where, this, that's where that very thing come from. God wasn't impressed by all those big muscly fellows with all their mean weapons. He wanted the little cousin that was just singing away in the hills with his little, little sheepies and all that. So that was pretty awesome. Um, so 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 to 11, um, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money, having wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith and endurance. I love that little, that little start of that. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And you might have heard me say this before. I see this. Godliness, contentment, together, great gain. Which means you can have godliness and not be content. Or you can have content. You could be content and not be godly. Godliness plus or with contentment Oh, that's the, that's the blaze out right there. That's the money right there. Well, not really the money because, you know, you're not chasing after money. But you know what I mean. It's, like, it's the one. It's the one. Um, you know, in saying that, you know, like you sort of think, you know that you can't earn God's favor or you can't earn it through your works because it makes no sense. Grace makes no sense. God's grace makes no sense in the natural. It's nothing that you do. It's just who you believe in. It's what Jesus has done for us. That is grace. He's not impressed by, I mean, look at that scripture, Matthew 7, 22. Many will say, Lord, Lord, I've done, cast out demons in your name. I've healed the sick. I've prophesied. I've done all these mean things. Jesus is like, but I don't even know who you are. So he's not impressed by the things we do. He's, in, he's impressed by the, what's on the inside. My mum used to say to me as a young man, and you know, she, uh, at that stage, wasn't a God-fearing woman. Um, you know, be be identified or be of who you are on the inside. It's not what you do. And, you know, and I could have been in these gangs and stuff growing up in state housing, but I chose to believe that I had something in me that was greater than what was, you know, what was the outside influences and stuff. So, so know him, have a heart for him, and stand firm in him. That's the best thing we can do is stand firm in him. Philippians 3, verse 7 to 8. Are we there? Yet of all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them and regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him meant letting go of everything oh, excuse me, from the past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. 
<laughs> I know what you youngins are thinking is another way. It's a pile of manure. <laughs> you know, all of that's a pile of manure you know, to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. And I, yeah, so um, I'm going to have a little drink to that because that's cool. I'll try and do it without doing the old shaky shaky. Do I look nervous or not? I don't know. I feel like I need to blow my nose because uh, there's a bit of sand in here before. The old cleaner's not too good. Um, so, oh, hang on. Oh, nice run out there, box. So, my second point here is find or know your fit. How does this work when I'm going to do that? <laughs> hang up. You're, you're like watching me. Camera, camera pan out. There's my girl up there. She's like, I'm ashamed there now. Um, yeah, find or know your fit. Ain't, I've written here, ain't no one like you, so be you. Ain't no one like you, so be you. You know that you're the awesomest you. You're the flippin' awesomest you out there. And you, you make a real shocking somebody else, eh, hey, you know? <laughs> you imagine me trying to be Jack, trying to look like a six foot seven white... Oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> I can't be a Kent. Man, I tried to do a Kent hairdo. I looked in the mirror, I laughed at myself because Kent looks cool with it. I don't. I'm like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll make a really bad someone else. And so do you, you know. So there ain't no one like you. So you got to be you. And guess what? God made you like you. Loves you absolutely loves you, loves all the little quirky things about you, loves all your secrets. Some of you like, ah. <laughs> what, a secret? <laughs> loves them. Why? Because he just knows them. No, there's nothing hidden from him. He just wants the absolute best for you. <sighs> You're good? Sweet. We are atmosphere changers. That is who we are. That is who we are. No. Why? I just put a why in there because the power of the Holy Spirit, God's presence, dwells in us. It's up to us to decide whether we change an atmosphere for good or for bad. Ouch. <laughs> I'm not saying ouch to me because, you know, sometimes you know, I, have a, I have a large personality. I can, I can, I can change an atmosphere, you know, uh, for bad real, real easy. Actually, a lot easier than for good. <laughs> I could get very uh, fired up if I need to. If you've watched the All Blacks with me, when we're down 23 points at half time, I make kids cry. <laughs> I honestly do. And that's the neighbor's kids. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, you know, my kids used to have to crawl on the ground. And with the, I'm not even joking, eh? Like when, the, when I was watching the All Blacks or something, they'll be like, they'll be wanting to go to the toilet and they have to crawl on the ground because God help them if they. They blocked one little pass that I may have moved, that I may have missed because of a, I missed a try, you know, because back in my day, we didn't have all these flash gizmos. We could reverse it and watch it again, you know. It was like, it, the struggle's real. Um, so we, we're atmosphere changers. 
It is up to us to change the atmosphere we're in, be it in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools. We can change the atmosphere because God's presence and power is within us and upon us. He wants to use us. In fact, uses us even regardless if we know it or not. We're actually preaching the gospel even if we don't say a thing. People know it. They watch us. I met an old boy the other day. We we're pouring a concrete pad for him. He walked out of his house and I turned to him and I said, you're a man of God, aren't you? And he's like, yes, I am. I've been, I'm the pastor of the summer and Ahochi. And I was like, excuse my accent. But he was a beautiful man. But straight away, this guy comes out. I saw the presence of God upon his life. I knew he was a man of God. And I was like, man, I knew he was. I hope he knew I was. And he goes, oh, where do I know you from? I wanted, I wanted him to say, oh, yeah, you're from the church, the big vision. And, but he, no, no. But, it, you know, like, that's, we, 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 change, we, we change atmosphere where we are because of God's presence upon us. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we, we, we're cruising through. Nice. So now, beloved ones, stand firm. What? Oh, sorry, I keep taking this mic away from my mouth. Is that what I'm doing, bad? And then they got to turn the sound up. So I'll keep it up here. So now, beloved ones, stand firm, stable and enduring. Live your lives with unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Don't you like that fruit that endures? How do we know when God's doing the business? Because that fruit endures. You know, there's changed hearts and, and lives. My third point is, we're getting through nicely, have a why. Have a why. When I surrendered my life to Jesus 30-ish years ago, at that very moment, at the front of a church, sort of much like here, um, yeah, the front of a church much like this, the curse of previous generations was broken and the blessing and favor of God was released upon my generation. That's why I live for God. You know that song, uh, The Blessing? Um, May His favor be upon us for a thousand generations and their families and their children and their children and their children. May His faithfulness come upon you. You got the story, eh? So the day I surrendered my life to Jesus at the front of a church, much, much like this 30 odd years ago, the curse was broken over my life. That was from generations of curse, you know, of, you know that all of my, my Dutch side's family, other than maybe one, all the sons have died at a young age. And that curse may have been upon me, but I know that when I gave my life to Jesus, that curse was broken, that the, the plans of the enemy, yeah, amen, yeah, yeah, give him a, yeah, give him a hand, yeah, amen. But that's the same for you. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the curse of destruction is broken over your life. The curse of past generations has been broken and you are starting a new generation. You are standing as the new generation with the blessing and favor of God upon your life because of the decision you make when you give your life to Christ. So his presence, may, may his favor be upon us for a thousand generations. And um, I've got some scripture to back that up because the word of God is living and powerful. And I'll just get to it. So Deuteronomy 7, verse 7 through to 9 in the message. It says this. Marty's good, eh? You're awesome, Marty. God wasn't attracted to you. 
sorry, God wasn't attracted to you and didn't choose you because you were big and important. The fact is, there was almost nothing to you. It's all good, stick with me. I'm not, I'm not offending you. <laughs> he did it out of sheer love, keeping the promise he made to your ancestors. God stepped in and mightily brought you back out of that world of slavery, freed you from the iron grip of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know this, God, your God is in your God is indeed is God indeed a God who can de- who you can depend upon. He keeps his covenant of loyal love with those who love him and observe his commandments for a thousand generations. Boom! I asked the sound man, "Can I have a mic that I can drop?" <laughs> You're not dropping a mic. A thousand generations. The day we surrendered our life to Jesus Christ, so much things were broken. Chains were broken. Addictions were broken. Does it mean we made whole? Well, it actually sort of does, but there's a journey, and everyone's journey looks different. But the, the actual curse or the generational curse is broken the day we, you ask Jesus Christ into your life. And some, might, you know, some are going to challenge me on that, I don't mind. But the reason I follow Christ, I was driving the other day, and I said, Lord, I follow you for the blessing and favour of God to be upon my children and their children and their children's children. And, and then some would think, oh, that's a bit greedy. You should be following God because you know, he gave his life. And yes, that's, that's true. But I want my kids and their kids and their kids' kids to experience the realness and goodness of God. Yes, they're going to have some hassles. Yes, they're going to have pressure and they're going to have financial strife and they're going to have things and, you know, there's going to be sicknesses and stuff like that. But God is with them. God will be with them through it. They're not on their own. They will have the favour and the blessing of God through their journey, through their valleys. And how do you stand without knowing Jesus? I just don't know. I don't even know how, you know, we've all lost big at times. We've lost loved ones, we've lost businesses, we've lost wealth, we've, you know, we've, we've lost stuff and we've seen so many people lose things um, over the last month or so with this absolute devastation. And I think, man, I really, how can they still stand through all of this? And I just think, man, we have the answer, the hope of Jesus Christ. There's so much hopelessness. We have the answer. We know, well, you can, we know it's not just because you're a Christian, you're not going to get hit by the storm, you know, that the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, but it's how you stand through that. When you, when you know that these things are just but temporary, it's not like your soul's destroyed when you lose something. It's like it's lost, okay, I've got to stand firm. I'm trusting in God that, that he's got the best, you know, the best outcome for me. I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand. And when you're ready to give up, stand again. You might be thinking, what would you know? Well, I'm not going to tell the story of how I know because I've had to stand and stand and stand and stand for the last 30 years. In the battle we've had here at peak, we've had to stand and stand and stand for the last 14 years. You know, I'm not just some little rookie. I'm not just the uncle. <laughs> well, well, I don't mind that. You can call me uncle now. Numbers 6, 24 through to 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favour and give you peace. That's pretty awesome, eh? Things happen, but the Lord will be with you. He will protect you. He will smile on you. He will be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favour and give you peace. 
man, what do you need when everything is falling down around you? Peace, God's peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that shouldn't actually even be there due to your circumstances. It shouldn't even be there, but God's beautiful and wonderful peace can come in to the most devastating time in your life or what's going on and give you this ridiculous peace. This is the God we serve. He is so incredible. He is the hope of the world, and I love him. Can I, can I have the, um, um, Faithy, can you please come up and uh, jump on, uh, Kieran? I've got one more, um, one more note here. And uh, see, oh, have I been too quick? And I've called this, it's all good? Are you all good? Yeah. And I've, titled, I've named this, Have a Battle Room. And I made it that, I called it that because, you know, and I'm actually saying men, I'm actually challenging the men now to listen up a little bit, to have a battle room. And uh, we've heard of the prayer closet and, you know, you know, make sure you spend time with God. But I was thinking about generationally, that uh, for generations, for thousands of years, men have gone to battle, like literally, you know, they've battled for land, they've battled for, to protect their their villages, they've, they've battled to keep their land, you know, they've battled for wealth, they've battled for gold, they've battled for freedom, Braveheart, uh, you know, battled for, for pride sometimes. And um, we, have a, we have other types of battle now, you know, you be in martial arts or boxing or rugby and it's like a battlefield sort of, but I think we need to, to battle. God is raising up uh, men. And I'm saying to the men because most of our women are already battling, they're already in the prayer room. But us men, we get so busy. And the Lord knows that our strength and our might comes from our battle. And that battle is in a place where we get with God and get down and get, you know, just about down and dirty, you know, like where we open, open up everything in here and pour it out to God. We start to declare His goodness over our lives where we start to battle for our kids and our family and our wives and our businesses and our, our nation. We need a battle room. We need a place where we go and battle where you can yell at the top of your head and no one's gonna judge you, you know, you go, not worrying about the neighbours. But I'm, you know, I'm calling it a battle room because I know that's more masculine for you men. If I called it a prayer closet, 98% of the men in here would shut right down. Am I right? <laughs> I'm calling it a battle room. Because man, when we start to, when we start to get in that, in that place with God, He starts to hear the cry of the fathers of the house starts to listen, because he promises that. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and I'll hear from heaven, I'll hear and I'll heal their land. And I'm not pushing it on the ladies, because most of them are doing that already. They just do it, we don't know it. But us men, we need to get into battle. And uh, you know, these fists, these busted up fists, I don't know if you can see these, these fists are all busted up, broken and many times from a physical battle. And I know that God has called me now to battle in the spirit. Battle for you, battle for our church, battle for our city, battle for our youth, a battle for our young people. Is that with these? Nah, it's with, it's with getting into that place with God and starting to call out to Him and just declaring His goodness over our young people, over our nation. 2 Corinthians 10 verse three to six. And the message says this, now this, 
I just plucked, plucked this out about five o'clock this morning and I was like, whoa, where have you been, this little gem? The world is unprincipled. It's doggy dog out there. The world doesn't fight fear, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful tools, our powerful God tools, for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erect against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. How flippin' awesome is that? Man, I like those tools. Those tools don't break. Those tools don't get distorted. Those tools are powerful. That's the real deal right there. What are we facing at the moment? Hasn't changed since Jesus walked the earth, coming against the, the Romans and the, the plan of darkness. I really believe that God is wanting to activate faith in the house this morning. A faith literally like a warrior. A faith that will bring people to battle again. You don't feel like battling because you've been beat down by circumstance, by things that have happened over the last few years. You've been beaten down. And I literally, even right now as I'm saying it, I see a, a warrior standing up in chains, falling off them, falling off. And I, I just see that picture. And that scripture's awesome. Ephesians 6 verse 13 says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So our beautiful Sarah spoke about go again. Now it's time to stand firm. What have we got to lose? We've got people taking their lives because of hopelessness. We have that answer. So our, our team can come up, our worship team. It is our turn. We are the church. We are the voice of Jesus Christ. We have the hope of the world here. Like I said, ain't no one like you. Ain't no one can go to the, I can't go to your workplace. They'll be like, who's this random fellow turning up at my workplace or at my school trying to tell me about Jesus so I don't even know who he is. You've, you, you're it. You're it. You're the, like the Bible says, you're the hands and feet for Jesus. But men, let's go to battle. Not battle like we think we used to do. But God wants to use that fighting spirit within people. I'm just going to say, in everyone. God wants to use your tenacity, that fighting spirit that is placed within you to fight for His goodness, to fight for His righteousness, to fight for... Our, our kids and our, you know, and, our, and our family and our unsaved friends and kids and, and family and stuff. It's, it's our time to rise up and go to the battle room. Let's go to battle. Amen? Yeah. I'm done. I'm handing it over. Oh, hang on. No, that's good. Hang that's on. good. Keep going. No, I, I can't finish yet. 
I just want to give people this, uh, this morning an opportunity to talk about that and I don't give you an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ into your, into your life, into your heart, to give you an opportunity to start a new life today where the curse, generational curse can be broken, where the start of a, a new generation of God people will rise up. It would be unfair for me not to give you an opportunity to, to accept Jesus Christ into your life. I'm, you know, I think here we sort of just say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, it's awesome. I'm not going to call you out, but come and talk to me or someone else afterwards. I am going to say a prayer. And um, if that's you this morning, and I know there's a, there's a few of you out there that you just, it's time to give your life to Jesus. It's pretty much it. There's, you've tried 5, 10, 17, 84 different options. I look down the bottom of a couple of empty bottles or, you know, in the back of a bar room or in a ring or on a footy field or in, in business finding you've been trying to look for your purpose up on a roof cleaning a floor cleaning a toilet at a school being bullied sitting at home watching TikTok <laughs> you know it's your time to give all that well not give it up but you know just to say God I'm ready to stand firm in you I'm ready to start this new life that that's in you that can of hope and purpose and future and uh, say it's not going to be easy but God is with you and he will be with you and empower you but there you will be breaking curses over your children and your children's children by a decision made here this morning so if that's you I'm going to pray for you we'll, we'll just all close our eyes and we'll just say a prayer um, and you can follow after me I haven't rehearsed this so I'll just go random Lord Jesus, Jesus. I come to you right now and I say, I'm sorry for all of my wrongdoings. Come into my life right now. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Holy Spirit, empower me to be the person you've called me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, that was you this morning. Please tell someone, our people at the back, me, one of the pastors, your mate who you came with. Let them know if you gave your life to Jesus this morning. I'd love to know. Awesome. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Church, why don't you stand with us? We're going to sing the goodness of God. Give Jay a round of applause. Hey, guys. Kenton Pania here. We just want to thank you so much for watching and joining in with us today. But we would love to hear from you. Yes, and to do that, you can scan the QR code that is right there somewhere. And you can click on the link in the chat. And we'd love to hear from you. And thank you for joining us. We'd love to see you next week. Woo. Bye.